All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to this week's edition of American Billiard Radio. My name is Mr. Bond. I'll be your host once again this week. It is Thursday, April 6, 2017, and I'm going to be joined by Mr. Mark Cantrell down in the Great Southwest. What's going on, Mark? There's a lot going on right now, isn't there? Yeah, a little bit of buzz it seems like in the There's pool. a lot going on. But there's nothing actually to uh, tell about at this point. <laughs> it's kind of weird. There's things going on, but there's no answers to anything. Yeah, yeah. And we're still uh, in the yeah. middle of, yeah, we're still in the middle of, uh, well, we got the Super Billiards Expo results um, last week. They wrapped that up uh, last day of March. <laughs> and uh, congratulations to Shane Van Boning for taking the 10 ball. I think there's uh, no surprise there that uh, he was going to get one of those titles. Uh, Darren Appleton got himself a one-pocket title out there. And Lori John Hassan got herself the um, the Women's Player Championship title. Nine ball is what she was playing. Congrats to all of those three. And one more congrats I have to send out to Mr. Shane Wolford. He, a uh, junior player, took his fifth junior title this year so we're going to be talking to mr shane wolford here in a couple minutes um oh and of course the world pool series is going on out in new york city right now as we speak the aramith masters we're going to be speaking with uh, ted lerner and allison fisher also coming up here in a minute what's going on what else is going on there mark i guess they announced the world uh, World Games. Yes. And, uh, you know, we've got... North America has four picks, and those picks are now... Uh, I guess it's been released, I guess. There's uh, Sean Wilkie, Brendan Schuff, uh, Jennifer Beretta, and who is the uh, other lady? Monica, Monica Webb. Monica Webb. Is it, is it Monica Webb? Okay. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. That will be the um, World Games in Poland. In July. Um, the W World Pool and Billiards Association website says the 24th through the 31st. It's, uh, yeah, it's, a, it, it's, a, it's a strange thing, the World, world Games. They, you know, it's, it's like the old show, I guess. Uh, if you've ever seen, uh, what's that, Underdog? Uh, Dodgeball, uh, <laughs> like it's not the Olympics, but it's the next thing down from the Olympics uh, with the different countries all you know competing in right. sports that don't make it to the Olympics, I guess. Uh, and it's still uh, you know an honor to to represent your country. Sure, but it seems like players don't really want to go. Um, I don't know if, as a result, we're necessarily sending the best that right. we have to offer right. uh, to the World Games. Mm-hmm. Um, but then again, that's partially, you know, uh, some people want to go just because they love their country. Other people are just, hey, I've got to pay my own expenses. I've got to pay my own airfare, hotel, food, and... Uh, if I do really, 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 really well and win, I win a, a medal. Right. Which is an, an, an honor 
but you know he's he's going to cost five thousand to go. I know you can get a medal made for less than five grand. <laughs> you know, maybe that that's maybe that's what the thing is, you know. And if the BCA, the governing body of North America, wants me to go and represent North America, yeah. Maybe they should kick me down some money to go, you know, like a lot of the other countries get. Yeah, you yeah. know, uh, their uh, expenses paid. Sure, that'd sure. be more. Hey, okay, well, I'm, yeah, I'm gonna go and represent North America or represent my country or whatever you want to, right. however you want to call it. Exactly. But you still, get, it costs you five thousand dollars for the privilege. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. everybody's got five thousand right. to do that with. You know, this is always a slippery slope. So um, I think, I think, uh, unless we spoke with the BCA more specifically about um, the situation, I, I don't think we could make any more presumptions as far as what could yeah. happen. I know yeah. what we think. I'll, I'll, what, I'll, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I think we all would like to see certain things happen, but whether or not that's even feasible or whether or not we're, you know, I'm thinking on the same page, I, you know, I don't know. Maybe we should get them on the, on the line sometime and, and have a chat about it. So, yeah. anyway, um, that's uh, going to wrap up the headlines for this week. And if you guys stick around for just a minute, we're going to be right back with Daniel Bush and his West Coast report and Allison Fisher out in New York City, giving us a live report from the World Pool Series and Shane Wolford right after this. Hey everybody, welcome to the New York Pool Update here on AmericanBilliardRadio.com. I'm your host, Allison Fisher, and I'm excited to be here at Steinway Billiards for the WPS, where a lot of the world's top pros have come in from the Super Billiards Expo last week in Pennsylvania, and are now here to battle it out in eight ball, and I'm happy to be joined by the WPS Press Officer Ted Lerner. Thanks for joining me, Ted. Allison, great to be here with you and every all your fans out there in uh, billiard land. It's uh, great. Always good to talk pool. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we've got a full house here. There's a, there's a big crowd. How would you compare this event so far to last event? I know there's been some, uh, some format changes happen. And talk a little bit about how, the, how things have been playing out so far. Absolutely fantastic. This is uh, uh, up to another level at this point because uh, they made a deal with um, uh, Unilad, which is an uh, you know an online you know, uh, social media company based out of the UK that specializes in trending topics and videos and things like that. And they're tr- starting to get into sports, and they're looking to broadcast live on their Facebook page with 27 million followers. You know, sports that don't necessarily have um, a, a lot of recognition in the mainstream. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess uh, I like to say they're, they're kind of, it seems like they're looking for low-hanging fruit. And pool definitely fits into that category. And uh, as we all know, it's struggled to get uh, TV coverage for many right. years. So with, with everything that's going on nowadays, 
This is a, in internet and live streaming, and it's just getting better and better. This is a, a golden opportunity for for uh, pool to go to places that it's never been. So yesterday uh, we had a match with uh, Ruslan uh, Chinikov and uh, Damianos Yalarakis, who's a, a, a Greek player, and it was on Unilad, okay, and this was at 2:30 New York time, so it was evening in Europe time, and the numbers started rolling in. I mean, we were looking at the, you know, number of views and it was outrageous. It was over three quarters of a million views. Oh my gosh. And so this is, uh, and then today uh, we had another match uh, between Jason Shaw and Warren Kiamko on Unilad and it was 800,000 views. So this will give you an idea of how uh, the potential here, it's sort of a new model for broadcasting pool. And so you ask me, well, how's it going? I would say it is going fantastic. Uh, th- this is really exciting. Uh, and Darren Appleton and his team, Manny, and everybody is just really working hard to keep building it up and keep improving. There's a lot of mistakes, as you do in any new venture. Mm-hmm. and But they're learning from the mistakes, and we're all learning. Uh, we have a really good website up right now. Uh, this just went up, so now people can sort of put names and faces and, and stories together. You know, we've got player profiles. It's at whirlpoolseries.com and we encourage everybody to go visit that because they can see um, the videos. We're doing interviews with the players. Uh, we can see the live uh, Facebook Live matches uh, that have been recorded and now up there uh, with the player profiles, which are really nice, uh, really, probably the best in the industry, the player profiles. You've got bios, uh, the titles, we've got links to articles. You can even get their social media profiles so you can interact with the players. And this has always been my thing that uh, we pool that it sort of happens in a vacuum. People don't know who these pool players are. So our goal is, hey, look, if you're getting these 800,000 people watching, you might have a small percentage of them really, really interested in something that they didn't know about. Yeah. And then they have to have somewhere to go to sort of sink their teeth into, you know, and get into it and dive in. And the website's a perfect place for that where they can go and find out who is Ruslan Chinnikov, who is Darren Appleton. And then they start to realize, you know, that these guys are really great players and they have, you know, they're interesting characters. This is how we grow the sport organically, you know. So I would say it's going really well and uh, it's a great atmosphere here at Steinway Billiards and a lot of great characters and and interesting people and history here. So I I, I couldn't be happier. Yeah, I think that's so crucial for pool and it's something that uh, pool's really struggling with is being able to get the players' identities out there and get people to follow their stories and get like an ongoing interest, you know, because other sports you have so much more exposure and the, the stories and everybody's much more you know accessible media wise but here i mean i guess one of the benefits for being a pool fan is that you can be here in new york and just hang out with these players and talk to them face to face and get um get to know them and you don't have that accessibility with other you know elite and uh, many mainstream well, sports yeah. and, and and you mentioned new york i mean what a great place to try to uh put together this tour and and, and help revive the sport and that's the key the tour you know hopefully this can grow because mm-hmm. we have a tour 
then we have something that people can look to to and to follow and follow the rankings and then you know, follow uh, the results and, and, and the progress of these players. So uh, it's just a great idea. And I like the fact that uh, what Darren and Manny, uh, the owner of um, Steinway here, uh, you know, that's Darren's partner in this venture. What, what they've done is that they're not shooting for the moon at the moment. They're just trying to make it good. You know, unlike the IPT 10 years ago when uh, Kevin Trudeau was like, shooting for the, the, the stars, right. you know, with, with $500,000 prize funds and, and million-dollar prize funds, you know, and it's just too ambitious. Mm-hmm. You know, let's build it up first. Let's let's keep it realistic. This is, this is a formula for long-term growth, you know, steady growth. And uh, so it can only get better. I, I just uh, really excited and to be here in New York City. Uh, what a perfect place to try to help revive this great sport. Yeah, absolutely. There are so many dedicated uh, amateurs and enthusiasts here in New York that oh, well, um, support the sport in a lot of ways, and you know, on on various le- levels, whether they're posting on social media or coming out to the events and showing their support, it's um, it's a great thing to great thing to see people continue to get involved. Well, that's what you mentioned, Allison. The amateur game. The, uh, one of the ideas behind this tour is to build a bridge to the amateur game. So the am- there was always this disconnect and pool between the amateurs and the pros. And the, the amateurs don't necessarily watch pro events. They go out and play religiously every week in the leagues, and uh, but they don't necessarily watch pool because they didn't often have a place to watch it, nothing consistent to watch. I mean, if you're on every night on Friday night, on national television, it's at, at 8 o'clock in prime time. People know where to go and look. Pool, nobody knows where to go and look for pool. I mean, you can look at it online, but it's all over the place, you know. There's right. no no consistent product to go look at. So the idea behind the tour is that you have a consistent product. You have a proper website that where they can f- help follow the game and learn about the players. Regular tournaments, uh, great coverage on the Internet. And now people have something to look to, to learn about the game. So we can build a bridge to the amateur game. And who knows, some of these amateurs can end up playing in this event through the qualifiers. Right. So they might. So there might be some really good amateurs out there that end up uh, uh, playing Darren Appleton here at the World Pool Series or Mika Eminen or Ralph Suquet. That's really exciting to hear, to see multiple levels of development and I know that Darren has also been making an effort to support the um, Billiard Education Foundation and the junior programs and donating money. I know they had a raffle uh, at the first event that I think sent about a thousand dollars to the BEF programs so it's it's nice to see that there are you know ongoing efforts by all sides. Yeah yeah that's right. Darren actually has raised about Forty thousand dollars, I think, for the was it forty thousand for the uh, wheelchair right. uh, players. Mm-hmm. I even had I told him I, that um, 
I wasn't able to do it this time because I was in such a hurry to leave. I, you know, I live in the Philippines, and but I've been all over the world uh, covering pool tournaments in some really remote places, and I've managed to collect quite a bit of uh, the posters from these events and some very unique posters. So I'm going to donate uh, a bunch of posters to Darren awesome. so he can now auction them off and uh, for the, I don't know whether it's going to be for the BEF or for the wheelchair people, but, you know, I mean, I don't have a need for 10 Moscone Cup posters all signed by, you know, the Moscone team, but I've got some very nice, so I can I can keep one for myself and get right. rid of the others. Sure. That's awesome. Yeah, it's, uh, it's really great that uh, we've got so many people that want to see the, the progress happen, and Darren is showing a, a great level of dedication. Yeah. As far as this event goes, how have you seen the players, like, what's... Who are the buzzworthy players here, in your opinion, that are really making waves so far? Well, the British players uh, are really doing well, and that's to be expected because, you know, they come from the English eight-ball background, so they have a real pedigree in eight-ball. And I think you couldn't do wrong betting on the um, uh, British players, the English guys, and that's been great. Uh, Filipinos also, a lot of people say, well, Filipinos, you know, they don't play eight ball in the Philippines. You know, they're at a disadvantage. I disagree. Filipinos, obviously, super talented, uh, but they come from a a rotation background, 15 ball rotation. They're very capable with lots of balls on the table and maneuvering around the the traffic. So I'd say Filipinos are are looking good. Some, uh, I like Billy Thorpe, the American player. And I think there's this guy, Manny Perez, uh, who uh, ended up getting in the uh, event. Darren helped him get in the event uh, because somebody didn't show up. And uh, he also a good young American yeah, player. Yeah, he's a former junior champion as his uh, Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I... I like what I'm seeing uh, from from the U.S. players. This is what we need. We need these players from the U.S. to to really step up. I mean, when I right. talk to Billy, he he says that he wants to go overseas and wants to play and uh, and take his lumps against the players in China and and in the Philippines. And I'm encouraging him to do that because this is how you get good. This is how you get great. You got to go overseas. You can't just you know, stay around the money game scene and. In the U.S., it's just you're never going to get anywhere, right. you know. So uh, overall, I've, I, I mean, I've seen a lot of great talent. The Europeans always impress me, and you know, look, a lot of these Europeans, they just came off the European Championships. They, they, we just don't have anything like that here in right. the U.S. Sure. Twenty days of full-on pool in every discipline every you discipline, can ima- yeah. imagine. Mm-hmm. So even team events. I mean, these guys take pool seriously over there they, they don't really play money games that much in europe it's it's mm-hmm. about competition right, right, right. this to me is where the game the game is the real sport money games are not a sport sure. I, I know it's part of the culture and you got to have money on the line to play you know but where this sport is going to thrive is when we treat it as a sport and it is a sport mm-hmm. i hope people understand that pool is under the Olympic umbrella. I'm not just making that up. It literally is sanctioned and it's been given its blessing by the International Olympic Committee, as have a lot of sports. And people go, well, what do you mean? It's not in the Olympics. Well, they they only have room in the Olympics for like 25 sports. They simply can't have a lot of other sports. But there's probably 30 other sports that are actually under the, the Olympic umbrella. So you have about 60 total, 25 in the Olympics. And these sports uh, are competed 
they compete these sports like something called the World Games. This is the alternative to the Olympics. Right. Which is taking place this year in the summer in Poland. Poland, right. Sean Wilkie's going to represent the USA. And I believe Shane has represented the USA before. Darren Appleton won in Columbia four years ago. So this is the Olympic Games for all the Olympic sports that aren't in the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what does that mean? Well, in the U.S. it doesn't mean anything. But in places that take the Olympics seriously like you know all olympic sports like china for example this is why the chinese players are so good the government supports them right they teach it in schools if it wasn't an olympic sport they'd still consider it a, a bourgeois pastime that then probably would be illegal to play as soon as the olympics sanctions it it now becomes a real sport mm-hmm. so this is not a gambling thing it's a sport so that's the key. Treat it like a sport because it is a sport. And this is going to be, this is what an event like this here will, uh, like the Whirlpool series. I hope that we can reach these audiences that always still think, ah, pool's got a bad image. You know, the whole hustler right. image. It's enough of that already. Mm-hmm. I just think that is so, such a tired cliche. These guys deserve a venue to showcase their sporting skills and i hope we can provide that i absolutely do too i think there's a lot of uh, a lot of great progress and you made a lot of great points to see that you know especially in asia that there are many more efforts to build up the game and bring more money and more opportunities so it's been really great to have you on the show and share your perspective and uh, thank you for everything you do um in efforts to promote and give exposure to the sport. Well, uh, I, Allison, thank you, and thank you to everybody uh, listening on American Billiard Radio. It's a fantastic show. Uh, whenever uh, you or, or David uh, asked me to be on, I'd like you know drop everything I'm doing, uh, and I, I you know pick up the phone and call, or I'll meet you here, like here at the at, at Steinway Billiards, because uh, uh, you guys do also you know do a great job of, of getting the word out and promoting the game. And uh, because, you know, at the end of the day, you know, why why should somebody watch this? You know, I think because there, there is no drama like a like a pool professional pool tournament, especially uh, when you invest a little time and it comes down to, uh, you know, you're in the semifinals or the finals of a great tournament and. The pressure is so intense, you can barely, as a fan, watch the thing. It's so nerve-wracking, and you wonder, how do the players even hold the cue stick? So, and it can be very cruel to watch uh, guys collapse under the pressure, but uh, that's why we as fans like it, you know. And uh, so that's what drew me into the sport, this kind of drama and intrigue. and, uh, And I just think, you know, it's our job to try to translate this to people who might be interested but they've never had anywhere to go mm-hmm. to sort of get into it and that's what we're trying to do here at the whirlpool series so thank you for everything you do and thanks for giving giving me a chance to uh you know have this platform to speak my mind you got it it's been great to have you and everybody be sure to follow along on whirlpoolseries.com for the live stream for all of the bios information about the players and you can follow them online as well on facebook so thanks everybody for tuning in i'm allison fisher we'll be back with you next time
and hello to all the listeners on American Billiard Radio. This is Daniel Bush with this week's West Coast Swing Pool Report for April 6, 2017. And as promised, the big news this week is that 2017's West Coast Swing schedule is locked. The West Coast Swing is a string of multiple events that take place on the west coast of the United States just prior to the BCA Nationals every summer. Starting on July 1st and 2nd, the West Coast Swing will launch with the 5th Annual Cole Dixon Nine Ball Tournament at $2,500 added. Then on July 5th, we start the West Coast Challenge events at California Billiards in Fremont. This is a five-day doubleheader event starting with 5,000 added one pocket and then leapfrogging into a 10,000 added nine ball tournament. And that'll take place from July 5th through July 9th. Then at the same venue following the West Coast Challenge events will be the highly anticipated $100,000 action match between Tony T-Rex Chohan and Dennis Robocop or Colio. And that'll take place from July 11th through the 14th. And following the West Coast Challenge, players will be rolling south even further to Bellflower for this year's 3,000 added hard times nine ball event. And that'll take place from July 15th through 16th. And if that's not enough, pool players will then finally swing to Las Vegas for the CSI US Open eight ball and 10 ball events which are being held at Griff's Pool Hall in Las Vegas. The official announcement for the West Coast Swing will take place on April 15th, so be sure to stay tuned. You'll find out all the registration information and sponsorship for the West Coast Swing. Also, another event has just popped up on the radar uh, from Portland, Oregon. It seems that Sam's Hollywood Billiards in Portland is going to hold a $10,000 added invitational event for professional pool players playing 10 ball and this takes place before the west coast swing on june 23rd through the 25th so more news on that as it develops and good luck to carissa biggs and steve lingelbach putting together the sam's hollywood billiard event in portland oregon and finally congratulations to pedro piedra buena who takes the title for this year's california classic three cushion billiard event that took place at edgy's billiards in milpitas california i think they took in around 50 players and also congratulations to carol frisbee uh, she wins the eighth annual western women's charity shootout which took place at the rum runner in las vegas she was in the finals with gina quinones so that's about it for this week's West Coast Pool Report. If you ever have anything uh, you want to report with me on the West Coast, feel free to send me an email, daniel at povpool.com. That's it for this week. Keep loving pool. Right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, and I am talking with one of the upcoming juniors on the scene, Mr. Shane Wolford. How's it doing? Uh, how's it going, Shane? I'm pretty good. How are you? I'm doing good, man. Can you uh, tell our listeners uh, how old you are and where you're from? I'm 17 years old from Roanoke, Virginia. Cool. And how long have you been playing pool? I've been playing pool for about 10 years now. For about 10 years, so since you were about 6 or 7, huh? Wow. Yes, sir. Wow. 
All right. And who um, would you say maybe was like an influence as far as getting you to play at all? Or did you kind of just discover it by yourself? Um, well, my parents always played pool when I was a younger child. Gotcha. So I developed the hobby from them. Cool, cool, cool. Did you guys have a table at the house then? Yeah, we had a table at the house, and they were always playing in the APA leagues yeah. around, so I would go with them and watch them play. Cool, cool, cool. Do you have a favorite game that you like to play? Um, Nine Ball is my favorite game. Nine Ball is your favorite Gotcha. Is that the first game that you learned to play? No, the first game was eight ball. Gotcha. And then after I learned how to play that, it was nine ball. Cool, cool, cool. Now, we were going to try to get with you um, back during the um, Atlantic Challenge Cup time, but you guys, I was only able to catch a couple of the team members because everybody was really bu busy and stuff like that, but how was that experience for you? Um, it was a great experience to play with all of the teammates and also to play against the Europeans. That was that was a lot of fun, and I really enjoyed being on the team. Yeah. Did you learn anything from it? Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, we had several instructor, instructors who taught a lot of things. Um, just They showed a lot of the different aiming systems, kicking systems, banking systems that were very helpful to my game. Right, right. Do you feel like uh, that whole experience made you a better player? Or did it uh, just... Yes, uh, I feel like... Or did it scare you even more that <laughs> that there's better players out there? Uh, no, I, um, I definitely took it in and, you know, I thought through it with everything that they said. And it's really impacted my game a lot. Yeah. Well, good, good, good. You know, we got uh, we need more juniors playing at a higher level, so that uh, when you guys get into the big leagues, we can kind of compete better on the world stage. You know what I mean? So we're looking forward to uh, you youngsters, you know, coming up through the through the system here and turning into world beaters. And you just yeah. walked out, of the, you went to the S uh, Super, Billiard, Super Billiards Expo, and I understand you whipped a little butt and took some names there too, huh? Yes, sir. For the fifth time in a row? Um, it wasn't in a row. It's five out of the last seven. Okay, so you've got five junior titles from the Super Billiards Expo. Wow, that's pretty nice. Was it hard? Yeah. Um, yes, I had some stiff competition in there. A lot of good players from all around the country playing, so, you know, it's always tough. Do Ricky you... Evans, I played in the finals, always been a great player. Yeah. He's played with me in the ACC and just an all-out fantastic player. Yeah, yeah. Do you, um, do you recall how many players, uh, how big the field was? There was 64 players in the juniors division. Okay, gotcha. And what was the age ranges on those? 17 and under. 17 and under. Okay, gotcha. Uh, so you were the one of the oldest ones in the group then, I, I suspect. Yes. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. How long, How many times, you said seven of the last years you've been there? Uh, five of the last seven times. Wow, okay. 
do which one let's see what would be the hardest one which one do you think was the hardest one this one or one of the earlier ones um one of the earlier ones i i played in the 12 and under for two years so i started this tournament when i was 11 and i won but then i had to move up an age division when i turned 13 for the 17 and under right because they also have a 12 and under gotcha. and when i was 13 I uh, played really well, and I won the 17 and under, one of the youngest kids in the division. Gotcha, gotcha. Awesome. Well, that's fantastic. Um, keep seeing your name popping around on the Internet, so this must mean that you're you're really going after this whole pool thing. Are you going to try to make a, a quote-unquote career of it, or, or do you have other plans with your life that you're going to do? Um, yes, I'm going to try to make a career of it. But, you know, I'm going to go to college, you know, to also have a backup plan just in case the whole pool thing doesn't work out. But most definitely I'm going to try to become a professional pool player and make a career out of it. Awesome, awesome. What would you do if you, if you, for some reason, pool didn't exist tomorrow and you decided that you just had to go uh, pick a career or something? What do you feel like that you would like to do? Um, I'll probably be in the medical field, something probably like a pharmacist. Uh, I've, I've already taken a lot of college credits in high school that lead to health care and that strand. Gotcha. Huh, that's interesting. Okay. Well, that also sounds like a good choice. Obviously, there's the uh, medical care, medical business is always thriving. <laughs> there are always sick people yeah, somewhere, you know. <laughs> Sure is. Like death in Texas. Well, um, what else do you like to do with your time? Do you have hobbies? Do you go I'll, fishing or what's up? Yeah, I um, I play football. Oh, that's so right. That's sort of the, yeah, I knew that. Sort of a year-round thing. Yeah, I guess you that's know, with true. With all the weightlifting yeah. and seven-on-sevens and all that, so I lift like four times a week, and then the regular football season comes around, so. Always with the team, you know. Always mm-hmm. communicating with them. Wow. And also, yeah, I like to I like to fish. That's one of my other big hobbies. Oh, you do like to fish? Awesome, excellent. That's that's uh, that's fantastic. I, I love to fish, but uh, where I'm at, there's nowhere safe to go fish. <laughs> <laughs> when you're in this giant suburban city complex, you know, uh, there's a few bodies of water around, but you don't really want to go fishing in them. So it's, uh, we've got to travel a little ways for decent fishing, but uh, we do do a lot of canoeing uh, in the area because there's a couple decent rivers and stuff. But all right, well, cool. Um, now, you are, let's see, if you're 17, that means you're what, like a junior in high school? Yes. Okay, wow, that was a pretty good guess. I'm usually bad with that kind of stuff. What position do you play on the on the football team? I'm a center and a long snapper. Oh, you're a center even. Wow. That, you get all the beatings then. <laughs> <laughs> They're coming after you first, right in the middle of the mess there. That's pretty cool. Is that, uh, is that uh, what you call the the ideal position that you would like to play, or is is that something that you you'd rather be in a different position? Um, no, I, I like that spot pretty good. You know, I get to make all the orders and call out what people need to do on the line and sort of tell them 
what to do. Mm-hmm. Well, and you got to be a pretty big dude to have that spot anyway. So now I understand why you got to work out and everything else. You don't want to be frail and be a sinner. You know what I mean? <laughs> you don't. You don't want to be a tiny person in the middle of that. Which, by the way, how how tall are you? I'm about six one, six two. Okay, so wow, you might you might end up being like one of the huskiest pool players that ever came through the system. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, and if the pool thing doesn't work out, you know, you can always be a bodyguard for a pool player. You know, that might work out. Just, just be the big scary guy that, that runs everybody off. Well, cool, man. Uh, I appreciate you sharing all that with us. Do you want to send a shout-out to uh, your friends, family, sponsors, any of that kind of good stuff? Um, yeah, you know, a, big, a big thing that's helped me along is my family taking me to travel everywhere and also – Hustling and Peach Hour being behind me since the first tournament they've seen me at. I really appreciate them helping yeah. me, all that they have. Sure. Um, there's some great people behind those companies. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. They are always supporting the juniors, and uh, that's you know that's where it's at. You guys need the assistance uh, and to get into this. So good on them for helping you guys out and for believing in the youth. You know what I mean? That's a, that's a great. That's a great cause. Well, fantastic. What's uh, where do we get to watch you play next? What's the next plan for Mr. Wolford? Um, I'll be going to Carolina in a few weeks to play in a pretty big tournament. Um, then after that, hopefully, I'll be making the team for the ACC and get to travel overseas to play the Europeans once again. Gotcha. Have you guys got any word on uh, Atlantic Challenge Cup stuff yet? Um, they said that I made it to the second round of qualifications, and but nobody's really heard anything out of them yet. Okay. Yeah. No, I was just wondering if they, if you guys had heard anything yet on how that's going. What? When are we supposed to know when the team? What? By when are we supposed to know what the team is? Um, I'm really not sure. Haven't heard any details on it. Okay. That's cool. I figured I would ask. Do you have a nickname yet? Uh, no, sir. Ah, okay. All right. Well, now that you got, let's see, five titles, five junior titles, and you're tall and burly. So, I don't know. We'll have to come up with something tough sounding like Shane the Wolf or something. You know, the Wolf Wolford. I don't know. We'll have to give it some thought. <laughs> All right, Shane, uh, take it easy and uh, have yourself a fantastic weekend, and I'm sure that we'll talk to you again soon. All right, thank you. Yep, keep up the good work, sir. Yes, sir.